Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the Cinema Gold Show. I'm your host, Larry Lease. Today we're diving into the latest box office news, movie news, and streaming news from around the industry. Welcome to the Cinema Gold Show. Before we dive into today's episode, we'd like to remind you to find us on Facebook, Twitter, or X, however you want to call it, and TikTok. Just search the Cinema Gold Show or use the links in the description. Of course, Give us a thumbs up if you like the video, subscribe to the channel, that bell notification button to be notified of future videos. And as always, thank you so much for watching and listening. Starting off, we're going to dive into weekend box office results of 2023, which has become the worst box office weekend of 2023. Hiding a sequel number in the title isn't enough to make a film seem fresh. That's the message audiences sent. Millennium Bills, which produce Expendables at a reported cost of $100 million. The franchise's fourth bill and the first since 2014 came in second place. It should have been an easy number one. Lionsgate reports an estimated gross of $8.3 million, but studio estimates suggest it will be closer to $8 million. Pre-week weekend uh, projections had this in the range of $10 million or higher, but truly awful reviews didn't help. Not every sequel bombs The Nun 2 by Warner Brothers, repeated for a surprising third week at number one. Last week, it edged out Disney's A Haunting of Venice, also unexpected. The new line horror production with a budget under $40 million will have will head to a domestic total over $85 million. The nice win for Warners, one that will put the film above DC Comics' far more expensive Blue Beetle and Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Warner estimates $8.4 million for The Nun 2 last weekend, and another close decision, I guess, 200000 over the actual result. This week, they had a, they have a margin of 100000 to not be the lowest number one for the year. Current title holder, 
is Magic Mike's Last Dance, which debuted to $8.3 million on the low-grossing Super Bowl weekend. This weekend's tentative total is around $52 million, the year's lowest. Year-to-date, the box office is up 26% over last year. Two other films made their top 10 debuts. Neon released It Lives Inside, the story of an Indian-American teen who confronts a demonic spirit who has possessed a classmate. It premiered at South by Southwest 2023 and received mixed reviews to open at number 7. Dumb Money expanded to 600 theaters from last week's 8th for 8th place. It grossed $2.5 million ahead of the much wider expansion. The slower release is intel- intended to elevate word of mouth. Next week, we'll see if it worked. Its per theater of 4,000 average is a bit below what Bottoms achieved in its second weekend with 700 theaters. With an estimated budget of $11 million, the MGM title will gross around $12 million. The reported dumb money budget is around $30 million. A Haunting in Venice dropped a third. Off 56% in its second weekend, it's faring better overseas where it's grossed $46.2 million, but it's much below hopes. Barbie, boosted by some first-time IMAX dates, had the best hold. It remains number 5, off only 16%, even with home PVOD access as an alternative. Oppenheimer is in a virtual tie for 10th place, with a 22% drop. Paramount's estimate for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is only 5000 lower. A limited IMAX-centered reissue of Talking Heads, classic concert film Stop Making Sense, grossed 800000 for the weekend and over $1.4 million, including Thursday shows. Prior to the A24 re-release, the 1984 film has grossed approximately $20 million for adjusted. So to recap, number one, The Nun 2, followed by Expendables at number two. Number three is A Haunting in Venice. Number four, The Equalizer 3. Number five is Barbie. Number six, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. Seven, It Lives Inside. Eight, Stum Money. Nine is Blue Beetle. Ten is a tie for Oppenheimer and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. And of course, if you have anything that we should have talked about, let us know in the comments section below. And if there's something we got wrong, let us know as well. And now on to our next topic, probably the biggest news of the week. WGA and studios have reached a tentative deal to end the writer's strike. The Writers Guild of America strike has come to an end. But SAG-AFTRA members remain on the picket lines. The Writers Guild of America officially went on strike back in May. Negotiations have continued between the WGA and the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers. Yesterday it was reported that negotiations were in the home stretch. Both sides issued a joint statement saying they met on Saturday for bargaining and would continue today. This comes after the studios claimed they had reached their best and final offer. After nearly five months, it was announced officially today that the WGA and AMPTP have tentatively reached a deal, effectively ending the strike. First reported by the Hollywood Reporter, exact details of the deal have yet to surface, but it's expected the agreement will be a three-year deal. Dang after officials officially went on strike alongside the WGA in July, caused most productions in Hollywood to be put on hold. Many shows and films have been affected by the strikes, as actors advocate for better residuals, protection from AI, and more. While some productions will likely resume now that the strike is ended, 
Most will remain on hold until SAG reaches their own deal. Talk shows such as the Drew Barrymore Show will likely proceed now that the WGA and the studios have come to an agreement, but guests will be limited since actors still cannot promote their projects. Meanwhile, most productions featuring members will remain on hold. Of course, there are some that are probably still asking why is SAG after striking? So, in a statement tied to the strike announcement, SAG after representatives revealed that the strike is commencing after four weeks of negotiations with studios and an existing negotiation extension from June 30th to July 12th. Back in May, SAG after and National Board unanimously agreed to send an authorization vote to members with and 97.91% of members ultimately voting in favor of authorization. Back at that time, they re- released a statement during a press conference saying, Yesterday, our union members, our union celebrated the 90th anniversary of the incorporation of Screen Actors Guild. During our nearly century-long existence, we fought for and achieved countless gains for working actors. Today, we embark on a new important chapter in our union's history. Earlier this morning, the SAG-AFTRA National Board convened following four weeks of negotiations the Alliance of Motion Picture and Television Producers in a meeting. Because AMPTP remains unwilling to offer a fair deal on key issues essential to protecting the livelihoods of working actors and performers. SAG-AFTRA, as National Board, unanimously voted to issue a strike order against the studios and streamers. Of course, stay tuned for more updates about the strike as it continues to unfold. And our next topic, the Office reboot is rumored to be in the works. With it being a decade since the final episode of The American The Office, fans often wondered if we could get a new take on the material with a new rumor from Puck News claiming that once the writer's strike is officially resolved, one of the many projects that will quickly be moving forward will be a reboot of the sitcom. Not only would a new take on the concept be on the horizon, but the outlet claims that Greg Daniels, one of the co-creators to adapt the sitcom, would be returning to the franchise to be involved in the project. The outlet noted, quote, We're also about to see a fire hose of announcements of projects and castings that have been held back for fear of bad optics or violating guild rules. Greg Daniels is set to do a reboot of The Office, for instance. The original British series ran for two six-episode seasons in a two-episode Christmas special. The American, The Office, debuted two years after the BBC's Christmas special, and its first season ran for just six episodes, serving as a mid-season replacement. The debut episode is is almost a complete remake of the debut episode of the original series, though future seasons pivoted from its predecessor to explore its own characters and dynamics. The remake did, however maintain the love connection between Secretary Pam, or Dawn, in the original series, and Jim, also Tim, in the original series. The impact of the American series, largely due to amassing 200 episodes, is arguably stronger than the original program, to the point that many likely don't even know the American series is itself a reboot. Development of virtually all movies and TV productions have been put on hold since the writers went on strike this past May. So this weekend saw the announcement that a tentative deal had been solidified, potentially leading toward an official solution in the coming days. This isn't the first time reports of a continuation of the series has been teased, though other reports have hinted that a spin-off from the series was more likely than a complete reboot. 
Even the ambiguity of this reboot, for example, means it's possible that whatever Daniels might potentially be working on isn't necessarily a remake of the original premise, but could be a new series focused on any of the original characters. Do you want to see the franchise revived? Let us know in the comments. And also, what characters would you bring back if that was an option? I definitely would bring back Dwight. Start this season off, or start the new series off with Dwight in charge. With Angela, and then go from there. And now our next topic. The Sicario 3 producer confirms that the movie is still happening. I wouldn't butcher his name, but Sicario 3 producer Basil Lee. Wiyonik has confirmed that the movie will still make it to the big screen, with Benicio Del Toro returning in the lead. In an interview with The Messenger, the producer, who also produces the John Wick franchise, revealed that the movie was still coming, saying, quote, When we can continue writing it, it was pencils down, but the idea is awesome. He said in reference to the strike, which had halted further progress on uh, script completion, I can't wait for Sicario 3. I could watch Benicio play the guy forever. I mean, I can watch Benicio in anything. But with that character, it doesn't get old. The script writing process for Sicario... Second sequel will hopefully recommence given the recent agreement reached between the WGA and the AMPTP. Sicario 3's working title is Sicario Capos, which translates to Hitman Bosses. Dennis Villeneuve, directed 2015 Sicario, the film written by Taylor Sheridan, starred Benicio Del Toro, portraying the ex-Mexican prosecutor turned assassin, who oversees a CIA task force to take down the leader of a Mexican drug cartel. The ensemble cast included Emily Blunt, Josh Brolin, Daniel Kluwa, Taylor Sheridan wrote the film, Stefano Salima took over directorial duties for the 2018 sequel, which reunited Del Toro and Brawlin. The film further investigated the drug war at the U.S.-Mexico border with Sheridan again penning the script. Brawlin has featured in the first two Sicario films as CIA officer Matt Graber and had earlier confirmed possible plans for another sequel. The actor responded to being asked if fans should ditch the hope of a third film in the series, to which he said, No, I just don't know when we'll do it. We may be at 80. Rollin added that the work was ongoing on the script, but it's very much at the forefront of all, our, all of our minds. It's been written, and it's been rewritten, so it's out there, he said. We think it deserves a third one. We can make it in the way that we want to make it, so don't give up. Let us know your thoughts on a possible third Sicario film. And of course, give us a thumbs up if you like our videos, subscribe to the channel, that bell notification button to be notified of future videos and of course if you want to support the channel you can go ahead and buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash cinema goal and of course as always thank you so much for watching and listening we will see you next time you have been watching the cinema gold show follow us on twitter at cinema gold show find us on instagram at the cinema gold show and on facebook facebook.com slash the Cinema Gold Show.